0: Welcome to the Jonathan Lovegrove podcast. I have a very special guest today, former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. Thank you for joining me.
1: It's an honor to be with you today. You're right. I left uh, the governorship in January of this year after eight years. Uh, so hot on the campaign trail now.
0: That's awesome. And before the interview, I was looking back at your record. You have done in quite a few positions and jobs. U.S. attorney appointed by Reagan, representative in the U.S. House, then two positions in the Bush administration, governor of Arkansas, and now a candidate for president. So to start out, how does it feel to come through this whole journey and to launch a campaign?
1: Well, it's very exciting. Um, and obviously, when you look at that career of public service that I've had, Uh, Clearly I care about our country. I care about the state. I care about our freedoms And that's what motivates me to run for president is that uh, with the experience that I've had They fit really well and importantly so uh, with the Issues that we face as a nation from border security. I've had experience with that Uh, Drug enforcement and the fentanyl crisis that we had I've had experience fighting those challenges when you look at balancing the budget uh, I've been a governor, I balanced the budget for eight years and created a surplus. I actually did that when it was in Congress as well. And so uh, I understand the issues that we face and my experience matches it and that excites me as well as just the passion that we need some changes in our country.
0: That's excellent. So, you talked a bit about it, but your vision for the presidency. Two-part question, first, what should the U.S. role be in the international community? and then domestically. How do you think you could help America m- improve?
1: Well, first, the most important thing about a president of the United States is that a president should bring out the best of America, uh, the best in terms of our freedoms, the best in terms of our character, uh, the best in terms of our individual liberties. And so a president is about inspiration. Uh, it is about bringing out the best of America and in in, in what they give back even and then you ask, though, about uh, internationally. Uh, that, I hope that the international community sees in the United States of America, under my leadership, the goodness of our country. We want them to see toughness. We want them to see strength. We also want them to see the goodness that we've been blessed with uh, through God's providence, uh, through history. And uh, America is a good nation. And we want the world to see the goodness and the compassion as well as the toughness uh, and the principle that defines uh, our country. So that's the international side. Obviously, I support Ukraine. I shouldn't say obviously. It's a divided uh, you know, Republican Party on that issue, but I support uh, Ukraine in their fight against Russia, and I know that China is watching, and we ought to make sure that we uh, continue our support of Taiwan. Those are two areas but you look at the threats from Iran, you look at what's happened in the Middle East uh, with Israel going in and attacking uh, some of the areas to their north. Uh, This is a dangerous world and so we need somebody with common sense with somebody who's been experienced in times of crisis Mm -hmm. and that uh, can lead our country with strength.
0: So you just mentioned that support for Ukraine. When we talk about spending government assistance to Ukraine Where is the line of too much excess spending?
1: Well, we should always measure, and it's a fair debate as to how much we need to support them, but to put it in perspective, we've spent less than $100 billion in defense material going to Ukraine, whereas the last spending bill came out of Washington under this administration was $1.2 trillion. And so we're spending a lot domestically. I would argue we're spending too much, uh, and, uh, and so it's modest uh, comparison with what we're getting in return, which is a more secure Europe. And also protecting us from having to go in to defend other nations in Europe if, they're, if uh, Ukraine is not successful. So it's very important that we're there. Uh, obviously, uh, you want to measure how much. Uh, we want to audit carefully and understand we've uh, got to be able to protect our investment. Europe has also stepped up. Uh, and because of U.S. leadership, Europe is there. And they're you know, doing things they've never done before. Uh, and so uh, I think it's important, and we want them to have success.
0: Mm-hmm. So in the intro, I mentioned that you served under Reagan and Bush. So you've seen the Republican Party throughout the years shift. Do you think the Republican Party needs correction? Has it lost its way?
1: I do. I do believe that. and. Uh, When I say that, we've got to stop uh, looking uh, to the past. Uh, We don't need to debate the last election. Uh, We need to look to the future. And when you're looking at Gen Z, when you're looking at the young people and the new generation coming up, we better be about uh, attracting those based upon our economic policy, the job opportunities, the individual freedom and liberty. Uh, this is what the Republican Party stands for, limited government and opportunity. And uh, that's what uh, it, our future is about, and that's what the Republican Party needs to focus on. So we have a lot to offer. People look to us for economic leadership. So why do we want to get sidetracked uh, into uh, debates about uh, you know, the last election or things that really don't solve problems in people's lives? So that's a course correction that I think we need. Uh, We need to get back to the party of optimism about our future and the great and and America that leads again through strength. Uh, Those are the principles of our party, and sometimes I think we've veered from those. Mm
0: -hmm. You're running in the Republican primary. Some Republicans criticized a decision you made as governor, where you vetoed a state law banning gender-affirming care. Do you want to defend that? And then to add on to that, federally, what? role should the federal government have in those personal issues
1: well first of all uh, i believe that god created two genders and there should not be confusion on that point but if a child has confusion on that issue who's the right one to be engaging and guiding them i believe it should be parents parents and uh, and i think that's what conservatism defends now obviously there's a line that parents can cross. And so I would sign a bill that prohibited uh, transgender surgery for minors. Absolutely, I would sign that. That's a line that shouldn't be crossed. But routine health care decisions are the most sensitive topics. Uh, I defend the rights of parents, and there should be a limited role that government plays. Because if you give government the power to regulate in that area, just think California is prohibiting and New Jersey is prohibiting schools from sharing information with parents and requiring parents to use gender-affirming care. So I don't want the left side utilizing the forces of government to tell parents what to do, and I think it's uh, appropriate that we defend the rights of parents across the board uh, whenever it's talking about those sensitive issues.
0: So there may be some people watching who are hearing what you're saying, they like your vision, they like you as a candidate, But they look at the polls right now 538 has you at a 1.3 percent average so simple question how do you plan to rise to the top of the pack beat candidates like trump desantis
1: well and and you just identified really the two that are higher in the poll numbers and trump is uh, in a stratosphere by himself right now Uh, he's high Uh, desantis has struggled and has dropped Uh, and then everybody else is in single digits so there's a lot of company uh, where we're trying to break out of that pack and that's up to the voters And so the voters in Iowa and whenever you look at those poll numbers my numbers in Iowa are better My numbers in New Hampshire are better And so that's where you put your focus to in those early states to move up uh, the, the the ladder and it's also going to take to change things uh, recognition that uh, Donald Trump is not the one that's going to lead us to victory in 2024 Uh, I'm concerned that the Republican Party will be gearing up for a massive loss uh, up and down the ticket. In other words, congressional seats, Senate seats that we'd lose if we don't have the right head of the uh, ticket. And uh, if we have a leader that's more about revenge, then then we're going to have problems winning in 2024. So if people recognize that, then those numbers are going to change
0: okay so to end on a positive note we're filming here at bob jones university you're a 1972 graduate do you have any positive memories that you'd like to share
1: most of my memories are positive (laughs) Uh, i was really proud to be a bob jones graduate Uh, and whenever you look at my time here i majored in accounting Uh, i met my uh, wife susan here who's from atlanta georgia but she was going to school here Uh, this is where Uh, you know, I fell in love with the law and decided to go to law school uh, through the debate that we had here. So great memories here, Uh, you know, learned a a biblical worldview. Uh, I learned, uh, you know, I enhanced my interest in making a difference through my life. That's led me to start a Christian school, help start one, uh, to start a Christian radio station in Bentonville, Bentonville's first FM radio station. So you know the principles that you learn in life here at Bob Jones impact you for a lifetime
0: well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us any last words for the American people
1: well you actually mentioned internally the economy and so that's important that we get that back on track and controlling federal spending but I want everybody to know what my heart is that I'm running for president because uh, I think America is in trouble and needs to have a shift in direction I can provide that through my experience and then out of the heart flows the issues of life, and and uh, my heart is one that understands the importance of eternity, and that that's where we're ultimately accountable. We make judgments that we can here on this earth, but we're ultimately accountable, and I think that's important for a leader to understand.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, and thank you to everybody who's joined us online. We'll see you in the next episode of the Jonathan Lovegrove Podcast.